Good evening. Are you in love with Jesus? We sing about it's all about him. It's all about you. But then we have to go live it. Before I begin with our sermon tonight, I want to invite you to join me with your faith for Holly. Um, Some of you know Jacob and Nicole Lauer. And their mom, she is, uh, well, actually, early this week, we had a baptism, and we baptized Holly and Jacob. So we had a wonderful time, uh, dinner together with them and and at their house and baptized them. And she wasn't feeling real well, Holly wasn't, because she is um, in the process of taking all kinds of chemo and different things from the doctors. And they had given her some medications that caused, they said, her body to start eating itself from the inside out. And so they quickly took her off of that, but she already had become sick from it. And then they sent us a uh, text today, and it just says this, Friday, this is from Nicole. Friday, my mom was supposed to get more blood work done to figure out what's going on. But they called her Friday morning and said that her labs from Wednesday came back and she needs to go to the ER. So I took her there yesterday and she is still there. Now she's in York at the hospital there. They don't really know what's going on and think it may be a couple of different infections but are not sure. She does not look great and is currently on oxygen and receiving four different antibiotics and is potentially scheduled to get her port for the chemo removed because that also may be causing an infection. There is a whole lot of uncertainty and fear going on right now. Well, we know, we know someone who is above fear, who is above cancer, who is above all of those things. And so we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for her, lift her up to the Lord. And I believe with all my heart that we can stand in the gap on her behalf. And, and make all the difference between her living and dying. Between her living a good and long life, full of health, or life being over. And she is new in the Lord, and she has been grabbing a hold and, and drinking from a fire hose from the Lord and the Word and Bible studies. And it's been a joy to watch her take a hold of it. And um, what I'm going to do is this week, what I would really like to, to have us do as a body is have people commit to fasting. Now, how you fast, or, you know, it can be one day, it can be the whole week, it can be a one meal, however you would like. Um, that, that would be your choice. But to stand with me, I'm going to be one of those people and uh, make a commitment to fast and pray on her behalf and intercede and stand in that gap on her behalf. And... What, what I'm going to do is simply I'll fast and pray until I feel like I've gotten breakthrough and, and then, I'm, then I'm done. And so that's how I would encourage you to do it as well. So if, if you would like to commit to being a part of that, uh, just stand up now. And no one's going to hold you accountable to it. It'll, you'll have to hold yourself accountable to it. And, um, and why don't the rest of you stand with me as well and we'll pray. <clears throat> Before we pray, let's, let's stir up our faith for why we could 
pray for Holly and the Lord would hear and answer our prayer. So, so you shout it out. What are scriptures that are coming up in your spirit right now that would cause faith to, to well up on the inside of you? Whatever you ask in faith, believing, you will receive. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in her and will quicken her mortal body. It doesn't say spiritual body, it says mortal body. That's right. Peter said, by His stripes we were healed. We know that gives us the legal right. And so we lay hold of it by faith. There was a bunch of other people started saying, His Word is medicine. That's right. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's in James. James chapter 5. Himself, Jesus, took her infirmities, took her sicknesses, bore her sicknesses, her pain. He gives us the victory. The victory. That's not defeat. That's victory. Where two or three are gathered in my name. Well, we are here tonight in his name and in his behalf and in his stead because he's gone to be seated at the right hand of the Father. But tonight, you and I are in this earth on his behalf to continue the work that he started. So let's pray that out. Father, we lift up Holly to you right now, and I thank you, Lord, that all of your promises are yes and amen. And Lord, we, we say amen to all of these verses that you have, have given to us that have just been quoted. And Lord, we ask you right now to touch her, to strengthen her, cause strength to well up in her body. And infection, we speak to you in the name of Jesus. We bind you. We do not permit you to function in Holly's body any longer. And we drive you out in Jesus' name. And we loose life to you. We give you life. We give you health. We give you healing and strength in the mighty name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above cancer. It's above disease. It's above infection. And Jesus, you spoke to fever and commanded it to leave. We speak to this cancer and we cancel it in Jesus' mighty name. We command it to be gone from her body. And in its place is the everlasting, overflowing life. Abundant, superabundant life of God. And we thank you for this, Lord. I thank you that you said that you would hear us. And that whatsoever we would ask in the name of Jesus, that would, it would be done by you. And we trust in that. We lean on that. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you give the doctors that are around, the nurses that are around her, wisdom, divine wisdom to know what to do and not to do, how to deal with whatever situation that she is in. Lord, that you bring them, you bring the family that is making decisions on her behalf, the wisdom they need to make right choices in Jesus' name and amen. Amen. Yeah, go ahead. This is, goes hand in hand with uh, agreement. So I don't know really if anybody knows this, but I only just found out this week that the baptism was happening. I was actually supposed to be working all day. I wasn't even supposed to be there. And when Nicole told me, uh, we were driving together, and it's literally the second she told me, I immediately had an image in my mind. And it was 
Now, you know it didn't happen this way, but that doesn't mean that it's not significant because there's a part I'm going to say that is significant. I saw Holly going down into the water, and when she came back up, her hair was completely fully grown out, her face, uh, the swelling was gone, and she was completely and totally restored from head to toe, just completely. Cancer gone, everything. And I said that to Nicole, and she kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's great, whatever. Like, kind of just played it off. Well, then she was talking to Nicole, my wife was talking to Nicole, not, yeah, uh, double Nicole's. And Nicole had the same vision. She had the exact same vision. She said she saw her mom going down in the water. When she came back out, she was fully restored. And so I just believe that's God saying it's, 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 it is done in Jesus' name, and we're going to see it come to yeah, pass. that's right. And the other part of that that really stood out in the spirit for me is that wouldn't it be just like the devil that she goes, she makes her statement of faith, gets baptized, and then all these health problems are now like, oh my gosh, they're getting ramped up. That's because he knows the victory is won and he's trying to get us off course so that we don't see what ha is going to happen, happen. So we need to stay steadfast, not to let our eyes dictate what has already been done. That's what I'm hearing in the Spirit. That's good. Thank you. If you're baptized in Christ, the Word says that you're baptized into His death. And that when you're raised with Him, you come up out of that water, you are raised to new life. And so it is certainly something that takes place in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm because we have mortal bodies. And He said He would quicken those. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How do people do it that don't have the Lord to go to? Yeah, we are most blessed to have the Creator, the one who spoke everything into existence, give us an ear and say, my son, my daughter, anything that you would ask on that earth, in my behalf, I will do it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Woo! God, you are so awesome. You are faithful, full of mercy, full of love, full of compassion. It's everlasting with you. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for bringing us up off of the sickbed so many times. Thank you, Lord, that you provided a way for us to walk supernaturally in the spirit realm and supernaturally in the physical realm. Thank you, Father, that you didn't just turn and burn this place down to the ground way back in the beginning when everything went wrong. Thank you that you had the foresight to see our day today, to make a way for us to come into relationship with you. Father, I thank you for your presence here right now. We ask for more, Lord more of your spirit, more of your presence manifesting in this room right here with us right now. We humble ourselves under your hand, under your direction, and under your word. We give you free reign in our life, in this service, in our time together. Jesus, be lifted up and glorified. 
Holy Spirit, come, fill us full and refreshed, overflowing and overwhelming in this place, in this house. John, why don't you come? you to minister to every person here. Father, meet them in their area of need. Thank you that you would love us so much. That you would care that you're easily touched by those things which are distressing to us in the natural. Father, I invite you to come in with your cleansing fire, Lord, to burn out the dross, burn out the things that need to be removed, and thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I plead the blood of Jesus over every person here, over every person represented by Church of the Word, over every person that's listening online. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I bind principalities and powers that have come against you in the name of Jesus. You are no longer permitted to work against them. Your work is now dust and useless in Jesus' name. And Father, by the Holy Spirit, I ask You to come upon every person. Fill them full and fresh. Lord, we yield our lives right now. Say that to Him. And if you're listening by the internet, just say it with your own mouth. I yield my life to You. Fill me full of Your Holy Spirit. Wash me clean in the blood of the Lamb. I give you full rights to my life and yield myself fully to you. Lord, I, we long, I long to be more like you. To think like you think. To be like you are. To walk in the fullness of what you have in your heart for this day and age. Father, we've asked You for revival for years. We have interceded for our nation. and On behalf of Your church in the earth today, Lord, and we've never needed You more than we do now. Father, I ask You to confirm Your Word as it's preached. As people share the good news with those around them, that you would confirm your word, that you would stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders and draw people unto yourself. Father, we exalt Jesus in this house. At Church of the Word, we lift up the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus over this house. And I thank You, Lord, that You 
said, whatever we ask according to your will, that it would be accomplished. And Lord, it's your will that none should perish. It's your will that your church would grow and thrive in the earth. And Father, we're asking for that growing and thriving individually in every person, but Father, with a boldness, with an eyes to see, with ears to hear clearly and plainly what You would say to us today. Direct our steps. Guide us in the way that we should go. Lead us into divine appointments. And Lord, by, by revelation, by words of wisdom and knowledge, by gifts of the Spirit flowing through Your people in the church today, that You would be glorified, that Jesus would be lifted up. Father, I ask You for a revival in those that are in leadership in government in this nation. Father, I ask You by Your Holy Spirit to encounter our senators, our congressmen, to encounter the judges in this land, to encounter our governors, to encounter uh, the, the defense attorneys and, and from top to bottom, from our president, Lord, to our mayors, to, to our city councilmen and women, to our school boards. Lord, I ask by Your Spirit to convict those who are not walking in righteousness right now. Convict them in regards to the person of Jesus Christ. Convict them in regards to holiness, Lord. And I ask by Your Holy Spirit to draw them to Yourself. To draw the men and women of this county to Yourself. The men and women of Pennsylvania, of this nation to Yourself, Lord. For Father, You said that whatever we ask, that You would do it if it would be Your will. And You said that it is Your will that none should perish. So I lift up every man, woman, and child in the state of Pennsylvania to You, Lord, that does not know You. And I lift them up to You and I ask You to send people to them, to minister to them. Create openings in their life to hear, to see truth, and to receive it. Father, I'm asking You for a boldness to come upon Your people in Your churches in this land. That we would declare forth and proclaim forth freedom and liberty. And that the... the, the, the that the prisoners would be set free, that they would be healed, that they would be delivered, that they walk in divine revelation of who You are and who You've created them to be. This is our plea with You, Lord. This is our request. This is our intercession on behalf of the people of this nation. Father, we're not content. We're not content to sit here in the status quo where You are not glorified and where people don't know. We are not content to remain as things have been. And Lord, we are looking to You. We are looking to You to lead us in the way that we should go. To bring change, to bring deliverance, to bring truth, to bring liberty everywhere that we go. Thank You, Lord. Thank You that You would do these things. Thank You that You would help us with these things. I believe that there are people here who have been robbed of their rest. And I believe that the Lord wants to restore that to you. 
As I was sitting in my seat, I saw everyone who has been robbed of rest. Stand up. This is your act of faith. If you believe that it's been like this heaviness, almost, almost like a pain in your chest that's, that's been gripping you because of a burden of a heavy yoke, what it's felt like. And, and Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest, he says. The world cannot give you this rest that I give you because it is free. You don't have to do anything for this rest. Is it, it is a rest that surpasses your understanding. Is it, it is a rest that requires no working. It is a rest that goes past the boundaries of man. If you have been striving to walk with him, if you have been striving to find that place of I'm good enough, if you have been striving to be in joy, to be at peace, he has that for you right now. If you are willing to lay down everything else and say, Lord, I accept that rest. Extend your hands right now and repeat after me in faith. Say, Lord, I receive your rest and I will go out of here tonight at peace. I will not dwell on things that I cannot change because you are my source. You, Jesus, are my supply. Now receive. Troy, I saw you multiple times when I was sitting down, and I believe the Lord wants you to come for me to lay hands on you right now. Peace. I give to you, not as the world gives to you. That's right. And a rest like you have never known is what I am imparting to you right now. Power will come from this place so that you will accomplish the things that I have called you to do far greater than you can think or imagine. If it's come into your mind, it's not a thought that you've had, but it's a vision that I've given you, and it will be great. And you will need the power that comes from that place of rest because you cannot do this. I can do this through you, says the Lord. So when the temptation to walk in the works of man comes to you, refuse it. Fight against it in that place of knowing who your supply is. And it's me. So from this point forward, when you turn around to walk back to your seat, know with every fiber of your being that I am your God, that I have given you everything that you need. There is nothing that you lack. Nothing that you lack. For I have given you everything.
because I am with you. There's a well right there. Just going to read to you, and I'm going to read several verses, and then I'm going to put them into context for you. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. That seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that He may send Jesus who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive Him until the time of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about through His holy prophets from the beginning. Now for the context. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Then, taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once, his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what happened to him. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified His servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though He had decided to release Him. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life, whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in His name. His name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. In this way, God fulfilled what He had predicted through all the prophets, that His Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive Him until the time of the restoration of all things which God spoke about through His holy prophets from the beginning. 
Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to everything he tells you. And everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up His servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. Shane talked about rest. And the Lord brought that Scripture to my mind. Seasons of refreshing. Repent, turn back. That seasons of refreshing... Not a season of refreshing. Not one for them back then. It's seasons. Seasons of refreshing. We live in the end times more than ever before. I mean, that's an obvious statement because it's later than it's ever been before. But the point is, is we're in the end times. Jesus, when He was explaining end times, He said, look around you And look at the fig tree. When you see the leaves come out, you know it's about time for the harvest. Well, in the same way, he was making the analogy that when you see the signs around you, when you see the leaves around you, he wasn't talking, you know, it's not about fig trees. When you see these signs, the end is near. Seasons of refreshing. And those seasons of refreshing will go all the way until the time of the restoration of all things. They're not over. Let let me ask you this. Has the time come where all things have been restored? No. So then we're still in that section of time that he said seasons of refreshing. How many of you have read of some of the old revivals? I mean, you know, the, the healing revivals of the 50s. It's amazing the things that happened. I've been listening to God's Generals, and it's a series of books, and they cover many different men and women of God that God mightily used and moves in the earth. The seasons, there was seasons and times, and God has purposes and plans, and while we don't know all of His seasons, I know this, that today qualifies just as much as any day to draw near to Him. And that He would draw near to you. That you would personally have a season of being refreshed. That you would personally be strengthened and walk in the might and power of the glorious One, Jesus. So what we're going to do is... I'm not going to preach a sermon I was going to. But instead, we're going to wait upon the Lord. What does the Word say? Wait upon the Lord and He will renew... Renew their strength. Renew their strength. So we're just going to wait upon the Lord. If the Lord gives you something to minister, come up. Seasons of refreshing. Someone say, someone's going to be refreshed. And it's going to be me. If you're new with us or just this is your second or third time with us and you go, well, this is unconventional. The Lord is unconventional. And we're committed in this house to just going with Him and following Him and whatever that looks like. So yeah, John, play and and let's just minister to the Lord.
You know, my children, there's times when you lay awake at night, you can't sleep. Sometimes it's worry. Sometimes you can't get things off your mind. But then there's sometimes where the presence of God is so strong. And you won't even miss that sleep that you're missing. We need, as Christians, we need to learn to turn off those foul spirits, those that whisper in our ears, those frets and worries. When you trust in me, I will work things out. So it doesn't matter how much fret you worry or whatever, it's not going to make any difference. It's leaning upon me. It's trusting in me. It's looking to me because I don't change. Nothing is too hard for me. My word is true. My word is powerful. As a two-edged sword to cut asunder the works in the saints, the works in the signs of Satan. So trust in me more and more. Step out in faith because I'm the third part of the Trinity and I live in you and nothing is too hard for me. So trust in me more. Fill your life with my words. Fill time with prayer and dedication of your life to me that I may do more and more in this dark and dying world. Well, that time of refreshing has already started for me. And it's about time. Years ago, I used to get a word very often. My wife can attest to this. And I'd write it down really fast as soon as the Lord gave it to me because I, because I don't want to forget it. And then I'd be able to deliver that word. Boy, he's back doing the same thing in me today. And I'm looking forward to more and more of that. So thank you for praying over me for rest because I believe I need that in here and in here both. But also for the seasons that you just talked about. These seasons are changing in my life. And I'd like to share with you what the Lord just shared with me before Shane called me up. I kept hearing my name, not my name, his name. He kept saying, my name, my name. And then he kept sharing with me what his name is. So let me share that with you. My name is mighty. My name brings salvation. My name speaks love. My name is powerful. My name brings righteousness. My name is like no other. My name moves mountains. My name brings healing. My name casts out demons. My name makes lives new. My name opens doors. My name lives in your hearts. My name confirms. My name lifts up. My name encourages. My name has no equal. My name must be on your lips. 
My name must be in your heart. My name must be shared with those who haven't heard it yet. My name delivers. My name brings freedom. My name binds the evil one. My name restores. My name is Jesus. Speak my name over every aspect of your life. My name is Jesus. I saw, I lay hands on you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak life to your pancreas. I speak life to your organs. All of your organs, I tell you to work in harmony with one another. And I speak life to every cell in your body. And be whole, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what I saw. Hallelujah. Father, I ask that you fill us up with hunger for your word. Fill us up with a fresh zeal and passion to walk out the call of God in our life. I'm, I see a repositioning of priorities taking place. Lord, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts. Help our purpose to come into focus, into clarity. Give every heart here a, a vision for what you want to accomplish through them in the time they have remaining repositioning of priorities a new surrender a new hunger for all that you have and all that you want to do through us a new love and compassion for those around us so there was something this week that I had stirring in my heart in my time with the Lord and he just brought it back to me right now and it was this, I was thinking about the seasoned people in our congregation, and you can locate yourself. In this case, you want to be seasoned. And I was thinking about those of you and how you're not quitters. Amen. You are working. You are busy. You're advancing the kingdom to every degree that you're able, whether it be as a prayer intercessor whether it be as enabling through finances, whether it be in giving your time, whether it be in service, the people of this congregation, the, I'm, I'm speaking to the seasoned people, there are those your age that have just given up, quit, and are sitting waiting to die and go and just, I don't know, if they are in the Lord, they're going home. But there are those that have quit, but you're not. Amen. You're busy. Your heart isn't to be a quitter. And I see it in you. And I just felt like the Lord wants to commend you. He wants you to know he's pleased with you. That you don't have a quitting attitude. And that you want to advance the kingdom to your last dying breath. So good job. He is in love with you. A very personal story. And I hope you hear the heart of God in this. But it's the most incredible story that I've ever experienced that talks about the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of the Father to his word, which is forever settled in heaven. It's a sure foundation. It's an anchor. It's a plumb line. 
It never fails. Many of you know that uh, I am divorced and have been for 30 years and walked with the Lord, uh, my face set like flint to my beloved husband and my soon-coming bridegroom. My ex-husband, um, about a, six weeks ago, couldn't breathe and he started falling, so he went to the hospital. And they did a heart catheterization, I think, through the arm. And they saw that he was um, plugged up 100% in the main artery and 95 in the other two. The doctor said he, he was a walking time bomb. And he said to the doctor, I eat well, I exercise, how could this possibly happen? And the doctor looked at him and said, it's over many, many years that this has happened. So he went on to say, and my son was there to hear all this, he said, um, but there's something incredible that's happened to you. And in my 40 years of being a heart specialist, I've only seen it one other time. He said, your heart has literally grown a new vein over your heart. And that vein has kept you alive. You should have been dead a long time ago. That's an incredible story. And when I heard it, I sat down on my couch and I just went to my father in his presence and I, I said, Father, why did you do that? Why did you grow that new vein for him? And these, these are the words he spoke to me. He said, Karen, of all his siblings, which there's six, he was the only one that took care of the last six years of his mother's life. He literally moved in and took care of her. She was failing in Alzheimer's, and he took care of his, her finances and did everything until her dying day. He said, I am bound by my own word to extend his life. It is the commandment I've given with a promise. Honor your mother and father, and you will live a long life. Bitterness, resentment, all that, the gang of the enemy, I call it the gang, it will harden your heart, and it will harden your arteries, and life is in the blood. And if there's no blood flow, there's no life flow. And we can tend to do that to ourselves because we're living in, under grace, but we're living in a time of sowing and reaping. People are sowing and they're reaping. Nations are sowing and they're reaping. You can't get away from it. There is a responsibility we all have before the Lord in our own individual walk before God. We can't dismiss that. We can't blame God and we can't blame the devil. We have to look transparently with accountability to the Father and each other and examine our own lives right where we're at. And the Bible says, judge yourself so you won't be judged. And that's hard. The flesh doesn't like that. 
It doesn't like to take responsibility. Flesh doesn't like to change. It doesn't like to be, it doesn't like to be wrong. It rather blame other people and blame situations. It's the, it's the easy way. It's the low road. It's the flesh way. But if we really want revival, if we really want to see the miracles of God in these last days, it starts with us examining our own hearts and, and going to someone that you trust and you love and say, will you sit down and share with me if you see anything in my own life that, that I'm doing wrong, that isn't right. I want to change. And the times of refreshment that Pastor said talked about come from repentance. It's admitting you're wrong. So in those areas of our life, this is really what the Lord is doing. He's wanting us to examine our own hearts because he is so for us. He so wants the best for us. All his blessings are yes and amen. All his promises are true. And he wants to fulfill them all in you. But there's a part we have to play. There's, there's a coming an agreement with the Lord, abiding in his word, allowing it to have its way, not our way. Ron is going to have surgery July 5th, open heart surgery. I really covet your prayers. I want the best for him. I want him to be free. I want him to feel and sense and have the freedom that Jesus paid such a hefty price for. So I appreciate your prayers. It's this coming week. But allow this story, which... My takeaway is the incredible integrity of our Father to his word. He will bypass all the things that are not right in our life to fulfill his word. He's an incredible Father. He's a righteous Father. He is so righteous. And he was righteous in growing that vein and extending his life even though all that hardness was there. Isn't that a beautiful story of his faithfulness, his integrity to his word? God so is so bound by his word to perform it. He said, I look over my word to perform it. He's very careful about that. So I hope you... I hope you take away whatever the Lord's speaking to you through this story. And don't procrastinate. It's so easy to hear something tonight. This is an incredible anointed night where the Father has just come to visit us, the, his spirit, and hear it and walk away. Wasn't that nice? No, this is a night for you. There's something being said tonight for you. And don't be passive in it. Grab a hold of it. Make a change. Do whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to do. The days are getting short. 
Time is running out. The Lord is working in the hearts of his kids, getting us ready. Amen. Be encouraged. The Lord loves you so much. He's faithful to his word. Trina, the Lord wants you to know that he sees you and his eye is on you. When I was sitting here a little while ago before the Lord, Alex Munoz, um, I saw your face. I saw you walking across, looked like a prairie beside this fence, just this straight fence. You were walking wide open place but beside the fence. And I don't know if that means anything to you. I asked the Lord about it and this is what the Lord said to me. He said, tell him not to be concerned about the fence but that he does have wide open places for you. Does that minister to you? Let me teach just a little bit on when we're in a setting like this or anytime we're together and you just feel drawn to a person they just keep coming up in your mind you just keep looking over at them maybe pay attention to that often that's the Lord doing something he wants to do something through you for that person and those those things that come up for you it's easy to try to discount and dismiss them and go oh you know I don't know but if we want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, we need to yield to that. It doesn't mean that you have to say it publicly. Maybe you should say it to them privately after the service. Maybe you don't say it at all. Maybe it's something you just pray about. Ask the Lord, Lord, how, how do you want me to, what do you want me to do with this? But if you're feeling drawn to someone, you know, during the landmark, there was, there was a prayer line and it was from wall to wall up front. There was so many people up here and I was standing back here against the wall, wasn't even part of the prayer line, part of the praying to people. I mean, I'm praying for people standing back where I'm at, you know. And I just, this one individual, I kept being drawn to, to that man. And I found myself, I just keep looking back at him. And finally, I wisened up enough to go, all right, Lord, what is it that you want to say to him or what, what is it? And immediately, I got a word for him. That was a very specific word. And so I waited until it was, the prayer line was being dismissed and I went and, and got him and said, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. And it just so ministered to him. It was like, oh, that ministers to me way more than you could ever know. And so pay attention to that on the inside, what the Lord wants to do through you, that drawing or that pull towards someone that you feel. <clears throat> I feel like uh, God was telling me to share this, so I'm going to share it. Um, it's pretty simple, but I still feel like I'm supposed to say this, but uh, it just kind of came up over and over that God is good and and the devil is bad, and that's just as simple as it, as it gets, but it just kept on coming up over and over. And maybe this is for someone over the internet or here, but I don't know. I just felt like that's what I was supposed to say, obedient to that. So, 
That's right. God is good. The devil is bad. If it's good in your life, it's God. If it's bad, it's not Him. Run that back there, Tom. There's so much on the phones. There's so much in the computers. And I had the thing turned on. I was looking up something. And all of a sudden, Dad Hagen's name came up. And I thought, wow, look at that. So I looked down through it quick because I had to do something else. And there was all this information about his ministry. And uh, then I put down and came back up and there's Oral Roberts popping up. And then Catherine Coleman. All these people of faith. God's been busy from the beginning to win souls. He loves each one of us. He has plans for each one of us to carry out his will and his plan for our lives. And then I, I saw something that talked about Cathay moving in the spirit. It was awesome. I always marveled at how he ministered People had to hold him up because the anointing was so strong on him. But then it came to the one thing I plugged into it, and it talked about he died three times because he had a blood disease, he had a heart disease. Either one was going to kill him. He went to hell three times. He had got down to the gates, and they... Creatures try to grab him, and he kind of, I've been baptized. And he's back to his body again. And then he went again. And he said, I belong to the church. That isn't enough. The third time he went, he said, Jesus! And then he stayed in his body. But then I heard that story a number of times, but I never heard this story. He said it was too holy to even share. He said, he was talking to his nephew, and he said, go tell Grandma I'm going again. And this time, instead of going down, he went up, and he got up to the top of the house and through the roof, and he met Jesus. And he said, son, I'm not done with you yet. You can't come up here. He said, I have a lot of work for you to do. And when you think about that, he was, he was sent back to his body again, jumping into his body. And then his mother and grandmother tried to get in the room. And they couldn't get in the room. They they. It was like they hit the door, and it was like rubber bounced off of it. And uh, the grandmother grabbed the door, opened it a little bit, and she said, there's a bit of cloud in there. She said, it just sparkles. And when they finally did, the cloud dissipated. His mother and grandmother came in, and he said, I'm not going home this time. I got a lot of work to do. And that's 
As long as we have life in us, we have work to do. I don't know how many times I thought I was going to die, but I'm still here. God's not done with me, and he's not done with you because he lives in you. Don't ever forget that. Learn to know him. Hide his word in your heart. Lean upon his Holy, his Holy Spirit because he's real. He lives inside of you and he talks to us. And we need to learn to yield to that dear small voice because he loves us and he has plans for us. Hallelujah. And we won't leave this earth until he's done with this. So lean upon him, trust in him, because that's what this life's all about. Hallelujah. I want to give you encouragement. Um, we, uh, we are a church with a lot of young families. Uh, it's always neat when children's ministry leaves because about half the church walks out of the room. Uh, last week, Ezra was uh, having a lot of pain in his neck to the point that he couldn't hold his head up straight. And uh, uh, we made him stay for the service because uh, Leash was going home. Hannah wasn't feeling well. Uh, important details. Anyway, he had a lot of pain in his neck. He couldn't hold his head up straight. And during worship, the Lord told me, you need, to, you need to sit in the back with Ezra on the way home, in the back of Castor's car, which is a two-door car. And I was like, all right, I'll sit back there. And so I get in the back with Ezra, and the Lord says, teach him. Your job is to teach him. As a, as a dad, it's my job to teach my kids how to use their faith, how to use the word. And so I, I, I walked him through a prayer to speak to his neck. And I said, buddy, uh, this is, we're going to repeat this. And I said, Father, thank you that Jesus took my pain on the cross. And he'd repeat it. And I said, neck, you get in line with the word. And he said it. Pain, you go in Jesus' name. And he said it. And we did that like four times on the way home. And by the time we got home, he was holding his head up straight. He could turn it. And every, actually, this is important. Every time we spoke that, I said, I want you to turn your neck. And then, do you have pain? And he said, it's better. And every time it got better. But the Lord showed me, parents, we need to teach our kids how to walk this out. A lot of times we, we walk it out for them. But a lot of times we don't teach them how to do it. And... So I just want to encourage you, uh, teach your kids, doesn't matter what age, teach them how to walk this out. Worship team, why don't you come? No, come ahead. We're not going to disconnect from what we're doing even when we're worshiping. So I was sitting there and this is a story that happened last week and I've been wanting to share it, but you know, think of the time to share it and this is going on. I'm like, well, should I share it? Should I share it then? goodness of God. I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, the more I thought about it, the violent God's like, hey, is my goodness not good enough? It's kind of, kind of yelled it at me. It spooked me a little bit. My papers went flying. I... So last week, 
there was a lot of rain and Tiffany, she works up at Camp Conquest and it's summer going on and she's working with the campers and there was a lot of rain going on and now she's in charge of this uh, sort of a farmette thing they've got going and where the barn sets, it's like this hill that goes up and the rain was actually coming down and it was so much of it, it was starting to fill up and it started to flood inside of this little barn where she had chicks, she had the feed bags there and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I came in, I could step on the carpet that was in there and it would be submerged. There was that much water. So they had to dig a trench to get the water to divert somewhere else. And when she got rid of all the water, in this tiny little barn, the carpet was wet, the floor was wet, the containers that she's portioned to feed in were wet, the bags of feed, paper bags of feed, the 50 gallon bags of feed were sitting next to the carpet on the floor were dry. She had coffee grounds that they use for the bedding, cheap bedding for the chickens. She had them setting on the ground too dry in the barn. They were still dry. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was electrical outlet, a strip, and the final one wrong the way was set up. It should have been submerged. It was dry. The electrical, the extension cord that was plugged into it was wet. But the electrical outlet said it was dry. It was setting, she was like, she sent me the message. She's like, it, she happened and was able to come home the night and she's like, hey, I got an awesome story to tell you. And she told me this story and I was just like, God, you're awesome. It was dry. It was submerged. You could stand and splash in it and it was completely dry. God is good. Yes, he is. Let's worship him. Stand up with me. I heard us this week praying in the spirit. And these are the words I heard. You, 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 you gave sight to the blind, didn't you? You opened up the ears of the, the, the deaf, didn't you? you? You healed the leopard and cleansed them. They were made whole, didn't you? You raised the dead, didn't you? You grew a vein, didn't you? Pray this week as the family, a local body for Holly this week. Just lift her up as if you were praying for your mother, your aunt, your sister, your daughter. Make it personal. Identify in prayer with Holly because we serve a God of miracles and he's not done doing miracles. He wants to know, are you serious to meet him face to face? Will you stand and fast and pray this week for one of us? Will you? And declare the word of God over Holly that she will live and not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. Say it loud, say it clear, say it over and over and over again so that God, he's not hard of hearing, but the devil, you've gotta be more persistent than he is. And we've gotta fight this good fight of faith.
There is a fight going on right now, and we're in a spiritual battle. And God wants us all to win. So stand and fight the good fight of faith. Fast and pray for Holly. Lift her up before the Father. Jesus said, reason with me. I mean, talk with him. She's one of us. She's worth fighting for. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence here right now. Father, I thank you that you are in this room right now to answer, to hear and to answer. Father, I thank you that your presence is here right now with healing in this room. Healing in your body in this room. If you need healing in your body right now, lay hold of it and be healed in Jesus' name. If you need financial miracles right now, the atmosphere is saturated with His presence. And there is provision, there is provision for finances right now in His presence. Bank accounts be filled. Be filled. Jobs. You come with pay increases. I thank you, Lord, that you bring it in from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, from above and from beneath, and that we walk in the abundance that you have assigned upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for signs and wonders that are available and present right now. And Lord, by your Spirit, I call upon your Spirit, Lord, to awaken within the people right here, right now, with signs and wonders, with miracles, with gifts of healing, with, with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, with special faith. Father, I thank you for the gifts that you have distributed to your saints. And Lord, as we go from this place with that holy reverential fear that's been upon us all evening, Lord, I just ask you to move upon us ever stronger. Even tonight as we rest on our bed, Lord, that when we wake up in the morning, that presence is still there. That when we wake in the morning and we go into our day, Lord, that the presence of the Lord overshadows us in a tangible way. I thank you for this. Lord, I thank you for boldness. Fresh boldness on every man, woman, and child. Fresh eyes to see it. Fresh ears to hear it. Lord, that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we deliver the captives by our words. That we bring the blood of Jesus to bear at every situation that we encounter in Jesus' name. And someone say, it's going to be me! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bind you pain in Jesus' name. You're not allowed to be here. I put my foot down. I said, you're not allowed to be here. I drive you out and I give you peace. Peace as Jesus gives. I give you peace and health and life and correction to every cell in your body. Every cell in your body comes into peace right now in Jesus' name. Father, I declare Jesus over every person here. I declare the blood of Jesus over every person here. Father, I declare the blood of Jesus 
over every person here, Lord. Your blood covers us. Your blood redeems us. Your blood frees us. And I glorify you, Lord. I exalt your name, Father. You are worthy of our praise, of all of our glory that we can give you. Because you are good. You are good. You are amazing, Lord. I feel like somebody here, you've heard, your head knows that God is good. You've heard that. But your life hasn't always been good. Your life's not been good. And these two things keep coming up for me for you to say. You need to stop saying, that always happens to me. Yeah, here goes another. Yeah, that's just my, well, if I didn't have any luck, I wouldn't have any. You need to stop saying that. And you're going to start saying, the goodness of God is running after me. Yes. The goodness of God chases after me. Surely goodness and mercy follows me. That's what you're saying. Surely goodness and mercy follows me. You need to say it. Somebody needs to say it. The goodness of God is chasing after yes. me. Yes. Stop saying that other stuff. Don't say it no more. Maybe you've had some bad stuff. Maybe life hasn't treated you good. His goodness chases after me. Say it. His goodness chases after me. His goodness is running me down. And I can't get away from it. Hallelujah. There's been an upgrade in this church. There's been an increase in this church. The favor of God has been released on every single one of you in this church. And I'm telling you, your month of July is going to be fabulous. It's going to be filled with the blessings of God. And I'm telling you, Satan's taking note of that. See, that's all in the spirit realm. He sees it too. So we're not to be ignorant of his devices, right? Every day, this is instruction, every single morning before you start anything, put on the armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your loins gird about with the truth of God's word, your feet prepared with the preparation of peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Take that. The shield of faith, that is there to shield you from the fiery lies of the enemy. They're called darts, but they're lies. Anything that's negative, that brings sadness, all that are fiery darts of the enemy. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 that distinguish between good and evil. You do that by your thought life. And think about what you're thinking about. No, that doesn't bless the Lord. That doesn't bless me. That's a fiery dart. Shield, get up your shield of faith and say, no way, Jose. Whatever you got to say. Then take the sword of the spirit and replace that thought with the word of God. Body, you know, you're achy. No, by the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed. Use the word as a sword. And I'm telling you, you need to do it because the blessing of God is upon this church. But there's a fight for it. Don't think you just have to lay back with your little remote and just receive it all. I'm sorry, it's not, that does not happen that way. Then the second thing is you need to soak in the blood of Jesus. And when I say soak, soak Just say, Father, I thank you that I'm soaking in the blood of Jesus from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. 
And Father, I'm soaking the blood of Jesus over all my loved ones, over all my property, over all my cars, my trains, my planes, my buses, everything that you have given me, because every good and perfect gift comes from you. I soak it with the blood of Jesus. I cancel every agenda of the enemy that has been perpetuated against my blessing from you, Father. I cancel it. I paralyze it. I remove it from my life in the name of Jesus. Be strong this month. Yeah, that's right. Be strong in the spirit of God. Move forward with tenacity, persistent intention to get the blessing of God that he has already given you. There is a fight. Look at Daniel. Had the word of the Lord. He got it. But there was a fight to receive it. I'm, just, I'm saying this to encourage you because I see in the spirit the blessing of God has been imparted to all of us. Yes. But don't lay back thinking you can just lounge on your couch and receive it. There's an enemy that wants to stop that blessing to come to you. And if you will fight the good fight of faith with the weapons that you've been given, we are mighty in God. We are mighty to pull down all the strongholds, all the agendas of the enemy. But fight the good fight of faith. I'm I'm so excited for all of us and all the wonderful things that God has planned. And I really believe the month of July, I don't know why I'm saying that, but I think there's incredible miracles that are gonna happen in this body this month. But fight the good fight to get it. Fight it, do your part to get it, to to receive it. Because it's laid up for you. I'm gonna be fighting for you in the spirit. Your pastor is gonna be fighting in the spirit. You do your part, your part and fight in the spirit. Are you receiving this? Yes. If yes. you are, say amen. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Let's say this. I'm a lover, I'm a lover. and the fighter. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're going to pray about something else here in a moment, but before I do that, Gene, the Lord says that you've been stubborn in a good way. You have stubbornly pointed your nose into the wind in what you believe the Lord has called you to do. And there's been wind, right? But that you've come over the top and things are getting better, that you will come out. That's what the Lord told me. And He's pleased with you. The other thing that we're going to pray about and agree on, or you can be also praying about this, this week. So I met with the elder team of Threshold in regards to the Emerald Building and making an offer on it. And so they are having some more conversations this week and then they're going to get back together with myself and a couple of you and we're going to put together a letter of intent to make an offer and present it to whoever the Emerald Foundation people are or to their realtor. We should just say it that way. And so um, this being a month of miracles, it's a good time for 
the process to begin of changing their name from that title to ours. So uh, let's, let's pray over that right now. Father, I thank You for Your divine wisdom. And You said that we should ask You for wisdom when we need it and that You would give it to us in a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious kind of way. And so I thank You for it, Lord. I thank You for divine wisdom flowing upon the people at Threshold and leadership there. For Your divine wisdom flowing upon us here and give us an understanding and insight Lord, I ask You to for favor, for great favor upon us as we come to their realtors, as we come to the Emerald Foundation's people, and that we will walk into the abundance that You have for us in Jesus' name. We're going to have a school. We're going to have offices for ministries. We're going to have churches working and functioning together. And everyone that looks and sees what's happening and multiple churches doing this, they're going to say, hey, this is a testimony of God's goodness. Look at the unity of the Lord. And it's going to be a witness and we're going to grow. So if you are comfortable in a house where it's us four and no more, you're not going to be comfortable long. Because we're going to grow. Threshold is going to grow. And before long, that place is going to be too small. I predict it in Jesus' name. How's that? Well, one way that we love God is we love each other. So love on each other. Stay in faith. Be strong. Call each other good name. Good evening, everyone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Great to see everyone tonight. Thanks for coming. Glory to God. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Psalms 149. It's fabulous. And it's prophetic. And it rejoices in the second coming of the Lord. But verse 4 is very interesting. It says, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Do you ever think about he takes pleasure in you? In spite of all your weaknesses, your failures, frailties, flub-ups, he loves watching you try. He loves seeing you move forward in this thing called the journey of life. It's so beautiful how much he loves us. You know, he's not impressed with our perfect behavior, but he's very interested in our perfect trust in his ability to deliver us from anything and all things. Just trusting him with your life. That's what he's looking for. So as I read this, think about the importance of being a good witness, a joyful, merry-hearted witness, praising the Lord, which changes the atmosphere not only for you, but for everyone around you as well. Psalms 149, praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's not something you to think about. It's, some, it's a, really a command of the Lord. Why? It helps you. God's not up there in egotist saying, you got to bow and praise me. He knows that praise changes your heart. 
in my heart. And it changes the atmosphere of wherever you are. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Any assembly of the saints tonight? Right here. Hallelujah. Let Israel rejoice in their maker and let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbal and the harp, the timbering. And the Lord takes pleasure in his people. I love that. Just think about it. Meditate on that. He looks at you and he takes pleasure in you. Why? Because you're his. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let, them, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind their kings with chains. We're talking about the enemy here. Do you know you have power to bind up and paralyze the enemy? You have, you have authority to bind up and remove the enemy from your life. You have that authority in Jesus. You use your tongue, the sword of the spirit, to do that. And the nobles with their fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. Do you ever just execute judgment on the enemy? Do you ever do that? I do it all the time. In my prayer time, I'm always executing judgment on the enemy. And it works. I'm telling you, you sh if you're not doing it, you need to practice. It really does work. And when you see that authority being activated and being used and what God does with it, it's amazing. This honor has all the saints. God, said, God calls it honor when you execute judgment on the enemy. Because who else is going to do it but you and I? And it ends with praise the Lord. Praise the Lord! Glory to God! Think about that. You can decree and declare God's will, purposes in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And the two-edged sword is I get to execute judgment on the enemy. Paralyze him. Remove him. Forbid them to move. Forget, forbid them to talk. We're the ones with the authority on the earth. It's been given to us by our Father. We are called to execute that. I don't know about you, but that's a big reason to praise and worship and glorify the Lord. Amen. So let's all stand together as family tonight. And let's just do that. Let's just give him all the glory and all the praise because he's worthy of it. Amen. waiting for another song. <laughs> Boy, you just get in that mode of praising, and it's hard to get away from it, isn't it? Father, we just thank you so much for tonight. We have come expecting, and in a position of seeking your face, 
in a position of praise and worship. We just love and we gather together with the brethren. There, in, there is, in that unity, you said, Father, the commanded blessing. So, Father, tonight we just receive that commanded blessing. We come with an expectation not only to give to you what fulfills your heart, Father, our praise and our worship, but to receive from you what we need. So thank you. Holy Spirit, have your way among us tonight in our hearts, spirit, soul, and body. We just welcome you and celebrate you and thank you for coming. Move as you will. Just do what you will. Say what you will. You're celebrated here. You're, you're wanted here. We love you. We adore you. We magnify you. Jesus, we thank you for your obedience to come and shed your blood and lay your life down on the cross so that we might have redemption and relationship with the Father, our Father, your Father and our Father. We are just so grateful. We're grateful kids, and we just lay anything and everything down that hinders our hearing you tonight, receiving from you tonight, and our hearts and our hands are just lifted up with a grateful heart. Thank you, Father. You are a good, good and faithful Father, full of mercy, full of loving kindness. We're just grateful to be here tonight. So one way we share that, and one way we show the Father that we love him is by loving one another, right? So let's take a moment to turn and shake a hand and let everybody know you're glad you're here tonight. And the children will be dismissed at the same time. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to see you all here tonight. Amen. Well, we're glad to be together again in the house of God, worship together, encourage one another. It's good to see you all fellowshipping. It's never a bad thing. We'd like to welcome you if you're here for the very first time at Church of the Word. Um, you want to just raise your hand. Any, any newcomers here, we'd like to just give you a hand clap and make sure you feel welcome. All right. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe, so if you need an envelope for your cash giving, you can raise your hands, and our ushers will bring you one. And uh, as always, fill out all the blanks if you're giving by credit card. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. I just have that in my spirit right now. Can we just say that together? For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Forever. That's a long time. Aren't you so glad his mercy, his compassion towards you never ends? He's good. Hallelujah. And his word is good. Aren't you just glad for the word of God? It can be the bedrock of your life. That you don't have to be out there just, oh, I don't know, nothing solid under your feet. But we have the word. So open the word to Philippians. Chapter 4, and we're just going to water seeds that have been already sown. You know, it's not about coming up with something new, right? Amen? It's about, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing again the Word of God. So we're just going to water some seeds that have been sown before us. 
Uh, Philippians 4, verse 10 here says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Now, if, you would, if we go on, we're not going to read this whole section here, but if we go on, we'd see that the way they showed their concern for him was in financial aid. And so he says, I rejoice greatly that at last you renewed your concern for me. Now that sounds like he's saying, woohoo, I've got, you know, big offering, yay. But why? Why is he saying that? Actually, if we skip down to verse 17, he says, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more may be credited to your account. Your account. So do you see that actually Paul is understanding the law of sowing and reaping? He's understanding that as you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things that the Gentiles seek after and that the Lord knows we need will be ours. So that's why he's rejoicing greatly, because he knows what's coming to their account. He knows that the word of God's going to work for them. Because, I mean, he actually says, he goes, I, ha I don't really, I mean, I'm amply supplied. I have all that I need. I have full supply. So it's not that he's... Wow, he's barely making it, scraping by, and thank God for this. I mean, he's thankful for the offering, I'm sure. But he's saying he's excited because of what's going to be credited to their account. It says, indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. So he's about to tell us. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content, there it is again, in any and every, any and every situation. So any situation. Well, I can think of a lot of situations that'd be pretty rough. And he's saying in any and every situation, he's learned the secret to being content. Well, what's contentment? What is, you know, so I was kind of digging into this word. And if you just look at Google, Google's going to give you the idea pretty much that being content, I'm going to put it in my words, basically you don't have any desire. Or just kind of neutralize that. In other words, if I have a ripped up, broken down couch, if I'm content with my couch, I'm not really having a desire for more. I'm just content to have that. I'm not expecting anything better. I'm just, I'm content. You know, we say things like, you know, well, I guess since we're talking about a chair, I'm just content to sit here in my chair. What I'm meaning is I have no desire to get up and get out. I, I, I'm not. So if you hear the secret of being, if you hear contentment thinking that means no desire, that's just going to harm your faith. It's going to make you feel like, well, you can't believe God for better. And that if I actually was content, I'm going to be content to live in this, you know, barely enough state, this financial hardship state, because if I was actually content, I wouldn't be desiring anything different. That's not God. No. No, he, he's delivered us from poverty. He's, he's the God of abundance. He's not a God of barely scraping by. So what does this word content mean? Well, if you look it up in the, you know, e-sorter, you know, there's a lot of different uh, ways we can look into it. You know, um, Thayer's definition, um, Strong's, that's what the word I was looking for, Strong's concordance. Um, so I'm just going to condense a little bit because I could keep you here for five minutes talking about definitions. Content, to be possessed of unfailing strength. 
independent of external circumstances, sufficient for one's self. And one of the um, words, well, it says there, it comes from a primary word, which means to lift up, to take up, or away, to bear. You know, we could, we could say here, instead of this word content, you could say, I have learned the secret of being self-sufficient, is really what we could say here, of being self-sufficient in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. See, he's experienced both. Whether living in plenty or in want. Now, here's the key. Here's the answer. How do you be self-sufficient or able to bear up, able to, you know, not being hindered by these external circumstances? How do you do that in any and every situation? Here it is in verse 13. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. See, the secret is knowing who your source is. The secret is knowing that, you know, if I'm in a situation that's, that's less than, I'm up against financial hardships, I'm in poverty or, you know, there's not enough, I know that my source is Jesus Christ. Well, it's, well actually, let me skip down here. Verse 19 says that it's God, says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. See, Jesus Christ is the doorway. It's God meeting our needs through Christ Jesus. So in Christ, he is our strength. He's the strength of your life. He's the source of your life. He's your source of provision. Because of him, well, what does it say in Ephesians? It says he's been seated far above all dominion and rule, all power and authority, every name that's named. He's been seated there. And then if you read in Ephesians 2, it says you've been seated there. We're seated with him. Hey, poverty is beneath me. It's beneath you. It, you are far above. The name of Jesus is far above lack. It's far above. And you need to start speaking that to your finances. You need to start saying to your bank account, be full in the name of Jesus. You need to say, you know, this bill or whatever is in front of you, the lack, say, Jesus is far above that. I've been seated far above this because I'm seated with him. Amen? Yeah. Well, that's what I had in, in my spirit today. He's the source of our life. He's the strength of our life. And we are to be content in any and every situation because we know who our source is. Amen? All right, well, let's take a hold of our tithes and our offerings. Let's present that to the Lord. Father, we just so grateful to you tonight. We give you praise that you are so good to us. That we are not on our own, but that you can, that you are the source of our life. You are the strength of our life. And Lord, that your compassion is on us. Your mercies are new every morning and that you want to see us flourish and thrive in life. So Lord, we just present you our tithes and our offerings and we ask you to bless them. Lord, I ask that you to bless these tithers. Let the tithers blessing be upon them in any need every need in this house, we call it met in full in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. We have VBS coming up soon. I'm sure many of you already are aware of that. Still receiving donations if you feel led to give into that. We have a sign-up sheet for the summer CWI picnic in the back. So if you're planning to come out and have a good time, 
just uh, sign up there so we know who all to plan on or how many to plan on. Now, I'm not sure, Debbie, did you say this week or next week you're going to have a basket? I think she said next week. Okay. So there's going to be a basket in the lobby. We're collecting donations of diapers, baby wipes, or formula. At the front, again, the babies of Lancaster um, would appreciate our love. And also, if you have any used towels, of course, I don't know about you, but if you've been married for a while, I think we all probably have used towels. <laughs> Maybe not the newlyweds. <laughs> but uh, we're collecting used towels, and they're going to be useful to ladies in foreign countries. 